box, office, refund, box office refund podcast. Hello and welcome to box office refund podcast. I'm Nico Bell. And I'm Ward. And we review low rated movies. And decide if their critics were wrong. All right, Ward, how you doing tonight? Uh, I just watched Sex Tuplets, so not very good. Uh, like life is bleak right now. Yeah, I um, I really didn't think that you were going to want to do the podcast anymore because of this movie, because it is, it's by far the worst one we've watched. I think it's fair. I think we can say that and both agree that it's the worst movie we've ever reviewed on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to go back. I don't have all in the tips of my fingers, but it is definitely in the running for the worst movie, no doubt. This was painful. It was difficult. I've never thought about... Uh, wow, should I stop this podcast being a co-host? This may, that, that thought flitted in my mind while watching this movie because if we were to continue watching movies of this quality, I could not continue this podcast. I just I physically would not be able to. I'd have to stop for my own sanity I, and safety. Look, I wouldn't even blame you because it was so bad. It was Marlon Wayans. It's on Netflix. You can watch it. He's playing Sex Tablets. And I just, I didn't, I wasn't really prepared for how bad it was going to be. I knew that, you know, it was low rating, got a 15%, you know, a 4 out of 10. But man, I really hated every single second of it. I hated it. It was really hard to get through. I would have stopped if we weren't reviewing it. It was really painful. I knew it was going to be bad. I had no conception of how bad it was going to be. Even the choices he makes, there's really nothing redeeming. And if I, I assume this is supposed to be a comedy, but it fails on the levels of comedy, of parody, of me caring, of me continuing to watch. It succeeds on making me check how much is left every two or three minutes. And he had a good opportunity to do something that would be funny. I mean, he had six different personalities to play with, and none of them were good. I cringed every single time. Just none of them. I mean, I think I guess he was trying to emulate, you know, Eddie Murphy doing the clumps and everything. But Eddie Murphy, like, that was a fun, enjoyable portrayal of the clumps and the nutty professor and everything. Marlon Wayans, I'm sorry, man. He just has to stay in his lane. This was not, not his forte. Not good comedy. Maybe get another writer to help you out. One that's done some comedy that's been successful at it. Have him punch up the script a bit. Like, start over, and it was, start the whole thing over. It was awful. All right. Oh, gosh. You ready to dig in? Well, let's give a brief overview for anybody that, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not quite unsold on this movie. I'm still, I have a sliver of interest. This stars Marlon Wayans. He plays sex tuplets, but he also plays the mother, so he plays seven characters. More Marlon Wayans than anybody has ever wanted, despite the fact that I will interject he was really good in a role in Requiem for a Dream. Surprisingly good. I could not believe, like I thought, oh, is this early CGI where his face was replaced? But no, that's just a role that fit him well. Enough of that distraction. He's on a personal journey in this movie to find his parents. He's adopted. He meets a brother and a sister and another brother. And there's just a lot of people, all played by Marlon Wayans. And it's a road trip movie. Not very funny. Not very entertaining. I knew I wasn't going to like this. I just, I know Marlon Wayans' movies. I know what they're about. I know I won't like them. Didn't realize how bad this was going to be. This, as far as expectations go, worse than I ever could have imagined. 
Yeah, I would agree. You know, it has good people. It has Molly Shannon. It has Michael Ian Black. And Marlon Wayans isn't bad. You know, when I generally, mean, generally bad. not bad. Right, but generally he's not bad. Everything just went wrong altogether in this nightmare. That's it was only an hour and thirty-seven minutes, but I'm pretty sure it took five hours away from my soul that I'm never gonna get back. Like it just felt so long and drawn out. Oh wow. I would so imagine if scientists did a study, they would determine that despite this being an hour and a half, it would shorten your lifespan by probably a couple of days. I, I think that oh, could be scientifically sure. proven if they did a study. Oh gosh. I know. Okay. I wonder if part of this is it the Wayans magic because the way there's a lot of Wayans brothers, there's a Wayans sister. A lot of times they collaborate. I wonder if that's it. I wonder if he had, you know, what Keenan Ivory Wayans, Damon Wayans, Sean Wayans. I wonder if one of those had been involved. This would have been better. And is it telling one of them is not involved? Did they see this and thought, buddy, no, we cannot do this. That's train wreck. Can't do it. Oh, that would be really sad. I, I don't know really what went wrong, what went off the rails. I really think it's the personalities of all six of these characters because they were all so bad and unlikable and cringeworthy. And the fact that the character that sticks with him from like the minute he finds out he has a brother to the end, I, oh shoot, I don't even know, Russell. Yes, Russell is the worst, most annoying character and I have to live with him the entire movie. That was annoying. Like you can't even pick a likable sympathetic character for me to enjoy on the screen for basically the entire movie i have to sit and watch russell it was it was pretty bad i would agree russell is by far the worst character which is very unfortunate when he is in the entire movie start to finish what and it took me a couple minutes but i realized who russell is and i'd be surprised if marlon did not get inspiration from this but he is pretty much the simpsons comic book guy in a full-length movie, oh. he he has a from the mannerisms, from the tone to his interest. He's a Simpsons comic book guy, and what the Simpsons realize is that guy is great in short ten-second bursts. <laughs> what Marlon Wayans does not realize is you don't want to see him or hear him longer than ten seconds, and unfortunately, we do. And he, you know, he's Marlon's also playing the straight man Alan, who kicks his whole thing into motion. And I guess not a bad straight man, but everything around him. The jokes are the easiest jokes you can imagine. All the characters are very generic. There's no creativity to it. And I'd say no creativity to any of this. It's kind of surprising that he didn't try to push a little bit harder. I have to imagine that Netflix just gave him a bunch of money and thought, well, they already paid me. I don't really have to try at this point. If anything other than that happened, I would be surprised. Well, you know, back to not being very creative, they really, he spills the entire backstory of the movie, like in the first couple of scenes to set it up. So there's really no imagination in what's going on or what's happening. He just really lays it all out that he was adopted and he doesn't have a birth certificate and he doesn't know his family and he has to go and find these people and his wife wants him to find his family, which I don't know, whatever, fine. He wants to go find his family after all this time. Um, but his, you know, he gets so excited about it, like thinking, oh, like my dad's going to be somebody rich and popular and famous. I don't know. It made me cringe. It made my stomach hurt. It made, like, the bile rise in the back of my throat. I couldn't handle it. It was bad. So what you're saying is the fact that he's adopted, he should be more cynical and be like, yeah, my father's probably a jobless, homeless alcoholic. Is that what you're saying? That By the fact that he's adopted, well, he think... should be more cynical? What are you saying about adopted people? Can you spell that out for what? us? <laughs> What I think is that he had his response was like a five year old finding out that he got adopted. 
Like, oh, maybe my dad's a superhero. Like, that's sort of the enthusiasm level. As opposed to, like, a grown man being like, hey, maybe my dad doesn't even want me and I shouldn't even go visit him because my life is pretty good now. Like, there was no realism to it. He was just like, yay, let's go on an adventure and find my family and everything's going to be great and wonderful. So. And, you know, you had an issue with the premise. And I do and I don't. I get, like, I knew from the beginning this movie is going to be standard by the numbers road trip type movie you know you put two very dissimilar characters in a car together tight space presumably it would be funny it's not but one would presume it would be even uh this i mean the one amazing this movie does is it makes the scary movie franchise look really good which is saying something and i believe marlon should go back to that even though he still does some stuff like that he did what was it? Fifty Shades of Black, which was a Fifty Shades of Grey parody. He still does parody. I don't know if that's any good. I have no desire to watch it because I saw two movies in the Scary Movie franchise. I thought, okay, I've had Mel Phil for life. Even, I mean, it's an odd couple setup. And even there's like an odd couple, not necessarily a remake, but it had Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon when they were older. And that's not a very good movie. And it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I have to imagine it must be miles better than this movie because all I can remember is one scene that was marginally funny, and that's better than anything else I saw in this movie. Great. All right, so he decides that he's going to go and he's going to find his birth family, some sort of birth family, because he is now going to be a father, and I guess the idea is that he wants to share his blood relative history, I don't know, with his newborn baby or whatever. So his wife encourages him to go as well. Um, As long as he's back in time by the baby being born, because we're not setting up any cliches with that little bit, And so he goes off and he ends up um, trying to hunt down his mom. And that's sort of where all the obstacles are happening. I just want to speculate about how this movie must have been written. Do you think somebody went to tvtropes.com, typed in baby, and then every every search result is like, oh man, got to throw this in the movie, got to put this in the movie, this is going to work. Because it feels like that everything about this movie is just so standard and pedestrian. It's stuff we've seen before. It really, I don't want to use this term lightly, but it feels creatively bankrupt because there's nothing unique about it. I don't think there's a single thing that's really unique. Well, I mean, it's cliche after cliche after cliche. Like, okay, she's like, make sure you're home in time for the baby. We know that that's going to be a problem. You know, like, when he's going to, like, see his mom, there's a little kid in the car who gives him the finger. Like, when he sees his brother and, like, all the, we'll get into all the things that they do. Like, Russell ends up sleeping in the nude. And, oh, isn't that funny? They have to share a bed and Russell sleeps nude. You know, like, it's just one cliche after another. Things that we've seen a million times. Not and the biggest Not funny. The biggest problem with this is that Eddie Murphy did this. He set the bar quite high. You know, some things yeah. that were really funny. I mean, now at this point, some of those jokes seem a little bit stale. But at the time, they were, I don't want to say groundbreaking, but they were pretty unique, and they stood out. And this doesn't even try to do anything different. You know, even, I don't like the Medea movies, Tyler Perry's Medea movies. I'm baffled by anybody that likes those. But this doesn't even try to tie, you know, even match that, which is bewildering, because it's already a very low bar you have to match. Yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, he also didn't have a birth certificate. I had a lot of issues with that because I'm pretty sure you need a birth certificate. And I don't really know how adoption works, but I, I just imagine that somewhere in the world he has to have his birth certificate. Hey, neither Marlon but, Wayans doesn't know how it works either. That's apparent. Okay, well, <laughs> I said I really hate this movie five times in my notes. So uh, we got to my first I really hate this movie after he finds out he doesn't have a birth certificate and goes to see his mom. Okay, 
let's just jump in right about there. So he goes to the house where he thinks his mother lives and who answers the door? We get to meet the very first personality, the very first brother, Russell. Comic book man. Oh boy. I mean, it is, it had to be, they had to have copied the Simpsons comic book guy. The similarity is just too striking, too similar to not be a ripoff. Well, now that you say it, it's all I can think. But at the time, I mean, I just didn't think they put a lot of thought into any. But even the, even the just, voice sounds like the Simpsons comic book guy. Yeah, well, I mean, now that you say it, like, yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm going to think now. But at the time, I just thought it was kind of ridiculous because they, you know, Russell opens the door and he doesn't recognize that the person standing on the other side is related to him. And that instantly made me mad because Russell is a large man. And I was like, what are they trying to say? Like, we can't see the resemblance, like... The, the first what, what's the guy not russell who's who's marlon wayne alan. alan he's a straight alan. man like right like alan can't figure out that this dude's his brother because he's fat and then like the chunky guy can't figure out that this is his brother what because he's thin like is that really the joke we're going for that he's too big to realize that this is like a family no honestly i think you're digging too deep because this is going for <laughs> surface level jokes because then after after russell realizes they're related he keeps talking about how similar they look and how they're indistinguishable this it, which is yeah. It's just these jokes are as simple like as you can joke. get. Yeah, but it's like it's like an easy fat joke. Uh, like, there are some Alan's of those. Alan's like sure. annoyed. Yeah, because Alan's like annoyed that they you know quote unquote look identical because oh he looks like what like the fat guy. So I, that was annoying to me. Like to take the cheap shots of that. I, well, everything in this movie is a cheap shot. Semi-related yeah. question: Have you ever seen White Chicks? Yes. All right. Back in the that day, is the most done. famous movie Marlon Wayans has done. I've never seen it. But I think it's really? telling that's the most famous movie he's done. I'm baffled. I'm just baffled that that's the most famous movie. Don't say I mean, it. that's what IMDb <laughs> told me. They, IMDb told me that's the most well-known movie he's done. And it's I don't know. I, like, I saw the premise the of that movie. Same, I saw the trailers when it yeah. came out. And there's just no part of me that thought, oh, I think I want to see that. It's, I've never had that feeling. Don't think I ever will. Don't, don't do it. It's not good. Uh Okay, so Russell tells him that his mom was crushed under a car. <laughs> okay. And we already know, like, Russell's lying. Like, you can already tell what's going on and what this setup is and that Russell doesn't want to share his mom and blah, 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 blah. Like, we already can figure out what's going to go and happen here. And, you know, so um, I just, you know, at this point, we're about 15 minutes into the movie. And at this point, I was totally and utterly bored. 15 minutes in. And that's yeah. crazy because even bad movies – usually can hold me at least 30 minutes, 45 minutes. This lost me almost as soon as we get into the plot, which is remarkable and terrible. Oh, for sure. Um, And in order for him to, like, kind of crack Alan to crack the code and to figure out that they are six tuplets, uh, you know, the uh, sour candies drop into a vent and he opens up the vent to get the sour candies. I don't know. No, but let's let's open that up, though. (laughs) A sour candy is the deuce ex machina of this movie yeah that alone is condemnation enough it's ridiculous and i I don't know if this has happened yet but we're probably around in this area as soon as i saw marlon wayans as alan i thought that is a really high fade he's sporting and then the movie references it and makes a joke about his high fade because it is oddly high and i wondered did he have the haircut and because he had the haircut in real life they made the joke or did he cut his hair for the joke Either way, I don't understand it at all. It's just very odd. Which, I I think that sums up this movie. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? We don't know. We may never know. I mean, maybe all it was is that 
Marlon Wayans did a funny voice in the shower one day and thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to make a movie around this funny voice. The result is you shouldn't do that. That's not a good idea. Netflix should not have paid him money to do that. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And the whole thing, uh, like Russell, who we see most of the movie, he's not funny. Not even once, no, not even a little God. bit. He's really nothing. That's what. That's re- seriously one of my biggest problems. If they had put... Well, okay, I didn't like any of the characters. But surely any of the other ones would have been more enjoyable to sit and watch the entire movie with than him. Maybe the sister. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're going to change it... Albino, I don't know. I mean, I think... I don't know the dude's name, but uh, the Marlon Wayans character looks like Cat Williams. Uh, he'd yeah. probably be my top pick to spend the movie with. But even that, yeah. even that, felt like a ripoff of. I mean, everything feels like ripoff. But yeah, I think Russell's the worst character to pick. The sister, obviously better than Russell. Cat Williams, I'd be curious. Just he, he was on the verge of being fun. That's the highest praise I can give him. He's never actually fun, but he's on the verge. Oh, it was so bad. Okay. Uh, so she finds a box and inside of the medical records and in it, it says that a local woman gives birth to sex tuplets. So now it is revealed that they have more of them and they decide to go on a road trip to go find them all. Easy enough. All right. <sighs> okay, this is the second time where I say I hate this movie. And yeah, also my <laughs> thoughts are, you know, we're 20 minutes in. I'm just thinking there's still so much left of this movie. You could have made this 30 minutes. I mean, even then, I probably would have gotten bored. But really, at 15 minutes when I said I was bored, I mean I was bored beyond watching, where I just started surfing the internet because I could not, my body would not allow me to focus my full attention on this movie. I had to have some kind of outlet because my brain was just leaking out of my ears and I couldn't do it. So I'll fully admit, I was surfing the internet while I watched this because I couldn't do it. I don't think it's humanly possible to remain focused on this movie. Like, you need some kind of intervention. I just started writing sarcastic notes. I was like, wow, shocking. Russell sleeps naked. Oh, boy, a pillow fight. I bet the bed's gonna... Oh, bed broke. Wow. <laughs> I just started... That's that's how I got through this movie. Well, you know, um, more power to you because I'm impressed you're that. Because I, I figured, you know, a lot of the things you watch, you just fast forward through. And I figured if any movie so you're going to fast forward through, it would have to be this one. Well, I fast forwarded through our old B-side, you know, but these I really make sure to sit down and watch because we're going to talk a whole about them. So, oh gosh, but if there was ever one that I just wanted to shut off and pretend that I watched and then let you do the whole podcast, it would have been this one. I'm with you. Um, okay, so we could, I mean, I don't even know how much detail you want to go into other than the fact that, you know, shenanigans starts happening. They have a pillow fight. Alan gets hit hard and thrown into a wall. Um, basically, uh, the, and that, the that physics Russell- on that, I was impressed how realistic that got. He got hit with a pillow, flew across the room. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad they hired a scientist to really work these yeah. things out. The trajectory, the momentum, bang up job movie. Yeah, I mean, basically the idea is that Russell's never had any friends or anyone to love him, and he's really excited to have a brother, and Alan, I guess, is going along with it and excited, and they're starting to kind of bond, but not really. Um, And then, uh, you know, they leave that hotel, and they're driving. Uh, Here's my notes. Grass drooling out a window, sleeping in a field, gross, hate this movie, wake up, Russell's gone. Russell is the most crazy, annoying character. They could have picked any character to have all this screen time, and they picked Russell. What a load of crap. So. That's a fair summary. Okay, thank you. One thing I do want to talk about, just because I find it strange in a number of different ways, I believe it's nighttime. They park in a field to sleep. Yep. And the next morning, 
there's a bull. Of course, a bull is going to charge yep. the car. I mean, of it's course. just so mundane. But what I found mm-hmm. strange is that they pulled into a field. There wasn't a gate they unlocked or opened. They just pulled into the field. So why would the bull have not have just walked out of its fence at any point? And it's it's one of those things. I know why they did it because, well, if there's a gate, they would have known not to go in there, and that would prevent them from seeing the bull. But that's kind of what this movie does. It just, oh, well, we have to skirt reality here because it messes up our narrative. It messes up our fun. Because really, all this movie is, Ron Wayne just wanted to play dress up with a bunch of different characters, and that's all this yeah, is. And you know really what? what he should have yep. done what there's six of them six five minute sketches of these characters yes. and man it would have been yes. great but instead for yes. some reason i guess yes. part of his contract of netflix he was required to make a feature length movie of it and he didn't know how to do it and the two other writers that helped him didn't know how to do it and what we got was this vomit of a movie yeah yeah i agree with all of that uh so the scene that's coming up is when the car goes flying and there's cereal all up in it and this is like the scene of the movie that's on like previews and you can kind of like Google image it. This is like the big one. I feel like this is their moment. Like this was their scene they were very excited about <laughs> because Russell loves his cereal. Like he has a weird cereal fetish. Russell can't drive. He's never learned. So of course, Russell gets behind the driver's seat when the bull is rushing them, which leads Alan in the passenger seat. And of course, Russell can't drive and he goes all over the place and the car goes flying. Cereal goes all up in the air. It's like slow motion. Alan's freaking out, and Russell is eating cereal out of the air. Classic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're right. I mean, it is a scene in the movie. It's in all the posters. It's in the trailer, yep. and yep. it's not very good. But it is what it is. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, this movie. Part of it is it's one thing to not be funny. It's another just to be annoying and irritating. And this definitely falls in the latter category. It it makes you mad because there's jokes that. I see obvious jokes they could have done and they don't. And they just go for the bottom of the barrel joke, the simplest, most obvious joke, a joke we've heard before. I don't understand any of it. And this is what I wonder. I wonder if uh, Marlon and Damon and Sean and Keenan, they were at home, you know, having some fun. And Marlon's like, you know what? I bet you Netflix will pay me. Like, you know, Mars probably like doing his little acts and routines because I'm sure he tries to entertain the family. I think he's the baby of the family. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I bet you Netflix would pay me to make a movie out of this. And they said, you're crazy. Netflix would not pay to do this dumb stuff. And Marlon won the bet, and everybody in the world lost the bet. Yeah. <laughs> we all lost terribly. I mean, I just, you know, Netflix, they used to never cancel a TV show. Now they cancel TV shows a lot. I cannot comprehend that when they are paying for movies like this. There's there's no way they looked at the data and the metrics and thought, yeah, man, there is an area where we're just missing a Marlon Wayans multiple character sized hole in our in our in our catalog. (laughs) There's no way. Well, I mean, again, it could have been done better. You know, I mean, it could have it could have rose to a higher level, and it just failed. Could this concept ever be better than average, though? I mean, I would take yeah, average, probably not. but I, I don't. Probably not. I don't know. I just can't envision anybody that could do it right, unless you get somebody that really kind of does it indie and goes like a little beyond to like this. I'm not even sure what I'm watching type thing. I don't know. Again, like Eddie Murphy did a really good job. It was really fun. It was family friendly. It was a great time with movies. And I don't think anybody can do it like him. Well, I think even if Eddie Murphy, if he did the same, like, let's say, was it Dr. Doolittle? Was that what he did this in? Or Nutty Professor? No, he did it, um, the Nutty Professor. So let's say that didn't exist in the mid-90s. And he was making it today. 
the same thing. I don't think it would translate today. I think we're just beyond that kind of humor. I'm not even sure. I don't think Eddie Murphy could pull it off today. I think it'd just be a bit much. Now, who knows? I, I don't. I don't even want to think about multi-character movies because we've proven that we are beyond that now. Now in the plot, we are at Alabama jail uh. to go see the sister. I don't think I wrote her name down at all. Uh, but we see the sister, so now he gets to play a woman. She is an exotic dancer, a very stereotypical woman who is, you know, like loud and in jail, and she needs $10,000 bail. Let's talk about this jail scene, because while we have her loud and screaming and getting all excited that she now has a brother that can possibly pay for her to get out of jail, we have Russell, oh dear, Russell sticking his hand up a vending machine, and eventually he sticks cereal up his butt. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so that's, that's standard fare for this movie. <laughs> that's the humor level that we're going in here. Okay. So that's all happening in the background. Um, which I have. This is. The, I, I said I hate this movie. So that, I think that's the third time I'm up to that right now. Um, but okay. I can already. I I haven't gotten to the character that I absolutely hated the worst. But this this is pretty close. Like you know that he is going to give all of this money to her. Like you know that that's going to cause a problem. I just, oh gosh, it's such an easy plot. Like, it's just, I hate it so much. But he bails her out for $10,000. $10,000 to someone he's never met before just because they're family. Yeah, that's, that's a weird thing, this movie. The movie never clears this hurdle of, yes, they're family, but why would he do these things for them? Because they never tried to find him. He's trying to find them. I mean, there's a way to clear that hurdle to be like, okay, I guess I'd believe it. This movie never even attempts it. It's, hey, I'm your sister. You must give me $10,000. We skip over the fact he's never met her. She's in jail for a reason. I don't remember if we told what crime she commits. Probably is bad jokes, I'd assume. I mean, everybody in this movie should be jailed. <laughs> he's about to be a father. And, he's about to be a father. $10,000. And part of this, part of this, him giving her money, it, they're setting up like this long-term joke that, I, blew, I mean, I'm not going to get into it. Well, it culminates in baby Marlon Wayans. Uh, that's the one I hate. Yeah, like hate. that. that's kind of the culmination of the joke. But there's so many issues with that joke. As f- I, I don't even know. I mean, are we to that point where I can talk about baby Marlon Wayans? No, we haven't talked about the crook yet, the crook brother. What was his name? Was that Jasper? I, I really know. I think Jasper was the... I don't know if he was actually albino or not, but in my Oh, gosh. Yeah, the evil villain. That, that was a weird okay, character. Evil villain. Yeah. That was I strange. think that was Jasper. I don't know what the crook's name is. Cat, but I'll just call him person. Cat Williams. Okay, Cat Williams is the next person we meet. He, now, he's actually one that is a little smart. When he finds out he's a twin, he assumes the identity of Alan to go take all the money he can from him. Now, the wife doesn't recognize that this is not her husband until a little bit of ways down the road. And again, like, he's not talking like Alan. He's talking in a completely different character's, you know, persona. And I'm just like, this is a terrible, this is a terrible joke. For sure. (laughs) It's under my skin. I can't stand it. Um, The crook guy, I'm sorry, Cat. Cat, yeah. Has sex with Molly Shannon, who is the boss. So now the real Alan has a promotion. So I guess, you know, that's... I will say, I'll give this movie credit, because in the one of the very first couple scenes, we see that Molly Shannon has a thing for Alan. And I thought, oh, this yeah. is one of those dumb jokes that won't go anywhere. So I was actually almost impressed that that actually came back to matter, that Cat Williams slept with her, got the promotion. I thought, okay, they planted a seed for the long con. Like, 
that was more than I expected based on what this movie was. Not that that was good. Not that it was like, oh, wow, what a neat moment. Like, it was none of those things. But the fact that they remembered that far, 30 minutes ago, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, they they actually went back in the script and flipped back to see what happened in the first scene. Go, movie. <laughs> the one thing we have to note is that Alan, at some point, he breaks his nose. And that's only important because we are about to meet baby Pete. Holy cow. Right. I don't even... I don't know... I mean, I, I get how Marlon might have come up with that. How anybody agreed to put that in the movie is beyond me. It's... I honestly, I couldn't get over what happens with Baby Pete. The entire rest of the movie, I was just like, I, I was not on, like, I was just, like, done. I was like, he, he lost a kidney. Like, I, like he, he conned him out of the kidney. I could not get past that. And it, it was, uh, Alan signed the kidney away unintentionally. I don't understand the mix-up. That, to me, that seems like it'd be very difficult to mix that up. Like, from the okay, hospital so- to anything and i'm not even sure can you just walk up one day like i'm giving a kidney today in two hours i would think there'd just be a lot more to it i would think the blood test would take longer than that there are a lot of issues and i get it this movie is not about these issues not about reality but it just seems so out there that i not one part that i believe or take any of it seriously it's just this is very cheap just for this dumb joke this escalation of marlin I mean, Alan giving away everything because they're family and they're taking advantage of him. And when will he ever see that? Will that actually be a plot point that they're taking advantage of him? Nope, it's not. It's that is. It's not funny. I mean, my gosh, all this whole movie is so annoying. Okay, so his broken nose has to be repaired by surgery. He has to get home for the birth of his baby. He knows that his wife wants him home like later that night or the next day. But he's going to be like, all right, I'll get the nose surgery. So he's already getting nose surgery when he knows he has to be home like within 24 hours. But whatever, he'll go ahead and get it done. And then baby Pete's lying in the hospital and he needs a kidney. And baby Pete's like trying to con him into getting a kidney and guilt him into giving a kidney. And finally Alan's like, no, I'm not doing it. This is bonkers. And then the you know, the nurse comes in or the doctor comes in with the consention form to do the nose surgery as well as the kidney surgery. And baby Pete switches the forms. Okay. And so, yeah. So now he's going to go get his kidney taken. I, just kind of, I, I want to jump in on baby Pete because I just, I just okay, want, I pe- I want people to understand when I say baby Marlon Wayans, what I'm talking about. Martin, back in the early 90s, Martin Lawrence television show. Martin, I believe, would sometimes play like this baby character, his head with a baby doll. This is pretty much the 2000 version of that where we get a CGI baby body and Marlon Wayans' head. It's a bit disturbing. It's not funny. I would say, I would say it's the body of a six-year-old boy. I, it's not quite baby. The movie should not have done that. I mean, well, I horror agree. movie? Like, okay, cool. Being a comedy, it's bewildering. Well, the next scene is him kind of drowsy in the OR. And he's like, do I really need all of this for my nose surgery? And the doctor's like, well, you're getting your kidney out. You're saving him. And he gets up and he runs and he's like trying to escape. Under anesthesia, no less. Under anesthesia. And you would think at this point the doctors would be like, oh, something has gone wrong. We should counsel him. (laughs) Take this man's kidney. (laughs) But what happens? He wakes up and his kidney is gone. I seriously could not get past this. The entire rest of it, every like 
a line in my notes, every other line is like, I can't believe the kidney's gone. Because I just, I'm so baffled that that was in the movie. It was allowed, and then the movie just kept going. Like, we should all accept that this has occurred. <laughs> I was just, I was angry and frustrated, and we never see Baby Pete again. Yeah, we do. Like, there's no, we do see Baby well, on, on, like, a Skype. We never see yeah. him in person. Like, there's no vindication, or there, there's no, like, resolution with it. It's just like, okay, you stole my kidney. La, la, la. Like, <laughs> I am so angry with that plot point. I can't even so, I really I had a really hard time watching after that because I was so angry. Let's say Baby Pete showed up at the picnic and in the movie. If Alan grabbed a knife and stabbed him, would that make the movie better or worse? <laughs> yes! 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 Oh, no, not just stabbed him. Alan carves the kidney out of him. Yes! He reaches his fist yeah. into Baby Pete and pulls that kidney out and holds it over his head. Fade to black. Fade to black. Yes, yeah, I dig that. Yes. Exactly what I wanted to see, but alas, that is not what happened. <laughs> Baby Pete <laughs> skips town, leaves the country with the kidney, and moves on with his life, leaving Alan with a broken nose, no kidney, his car is destroyed. He's about to miss the birth of his baby. I just hate this. I, hate oh, it. I want to back up. Um, this is the only almost funny movement uh, moment of the movie. I don't remember a lot of specifics because this movie, as I mentioned, I wasn't paying close attention. But the sister is in a truck stop parking lot. Don't know why. Alan's there. And there's an almost fight. And I like the way she de-escalates it. Well, I'm not going to say like. As far as this movie, like it's one of the better parts of the movie, which was still garbage. But she de-escalates a fight between two people. I don't remember what happens. But I almost like that moment. And that's my favorite moment of the movie. The one I almost liked. That you can barely remember. Well, there's a truck stop and she de-escalated a fight. I just can't remember how. I mean, yeah, probably <laughs> crucial, but that's just what this movie is. I'm sorry. Okay, perfect. Okay. Well, while this is going on, Cat Cat Williams is uh, back at home finishing the nursery and helping out, and the wife now knows that it's not the real Alan. Uh, so that's just, that's kind of nice that we sort of... Does she care? Does she care that it's Cat instead of not Alan? Really. Okay, I can't, I not don't really. remember. She seems cool with it. She seems fine. Uh, as long as, you know, Kat's doing his part. And he is. He's helping out fine. He, isn't he All a right. good painter? Doesn't he paint a mural or something? Oh, yeah. He's a great painter. He painted, like, this really nice... Tending, he may be an upgrade over Alan. I mean, it's never quite clear. He's resourceful. Well, definitely more resourceful than Alan. Uh, yeah. We have the last sibling, Jasper the Psycho. This took a turn. At this point, this I just... I completely checked out at this point. <laughs> I, thought, I don't even need to watch this anymore because this movie, it's beyond me. I don't even know. He plays a supervillain in a movie that does not need a supervillain. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know like, anything about why this happened. Well, okay. So, like, physically, he's very pale, and he has red hair and glasses and these, like, big, bright teeth. And I think that, like, they were trying to say that he couldn't get adopted because of his physical appearance or something. And, like, uh, he, I, I don't know, he learned to fend for himself and he turned evil. I don't really know. Whatever. Um but he took a weird, like, he has them tied to to chairs back at the mom's house. And I think, like, he's going to shoot them or kill them because he works for, like, the CIA or something. And it's, like, a secret that no one's supposed to know where he is. And they found, I don't know. It's stupid. But it was weird. It was, like, a weird choice. That that it's so far, sense. like, as bad as this movie is, it's such a so far beyond weird choice. It, it just seems yeah. like somebody fell asleep 
had a dream. Like, well, I don't know how to finish this movie, but I had this dream. I'm just going to insert it in here. I don't think anybody will notice the change of tone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the mom comes home. You know, obviously the mom was not dead. And she's really excited to see everybody. And I guess her, her love heals everybody, including Psycho Jasper, who is now not going to shoot anyone. That's really nice. And the baby is being born. I, I don't know. There's like a cop chase or something. I don't know. And then Alan gets to see the, his baby girl but get born. Let, let's go back to what broke this movie wide open, the Rockford okay. Files. The Rockford Files, what? it connected all the children. Um, Jasper, his favorite thing is the Rockford Files. That's that's not necessarily the mother's love that mended everything over. It was the children's love of the Rockford Files. Oh, and, that's right. I mean, they referenced Rockford Files multiple times in this movie. And I thought, okay, that's odd, but I guess they're trying to just you know have this little neat thing between the kids. But then when it broke the thing wide open and it saved it from Jasper, okay, cool, I guess. All right. he's And because Jasper had a replica of Rockford's car. That's and right. It's it's all of it. It's very and odd. And Russell had like a owner's manual or something. Yeah, Russell had the owner's manual. It just like at this point, it's like they really just had nothing. Like they were the writers were just anything. Let's let's throw anything in here to end this movie. We don't know how to get to the end. Just throw it in there. Oh, Rockford Files is on WGN right now. Yeah, let, let's use that to end this movie. It's bewildering. I mean, I'm glad they ended the movie. I wouldn't want it any longer. <laughs> But it's just so strange. It just—it feels like the script was made up as they were filming this, and it, it just—it doesn't end. They just keep throwing new scenes in there because oh, well we have to reach ninety minutes. Let's fill it however we can. That's what it feels like. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, uh, and then we get a little three months later, where there's this huge family party and all of his siblings, except for the baby, who is still off living his life all get together and it's, it's like a big happy ending is what they were going for i'm i'm still reeling at the fact that he doesn't have a kidney i'm still so angry about that like he's gonna need that he's a dad he needs his kidneys like what if something happens he only has one left i don't know anyway so that's how the movie ends i hated every second of it i would have easily turned it off if i were not watching it i would have fast forwarded it um, I'm angry that I picked it. <laughs> Would you ever have started this movie if not for the podcast? Uh, you know, I love bad movies, so I guess I would have given it a try. I would have turned it off pretty much three... I don't even think I would have made it to five minutes. Like, the first little bit of dialogue exchange, and I would have been done. So, yeah. I, I never would have watched this if it was not for the podcast. Really? Like, it ne- like, as soon as I saw it, and I saw the picture, I thought... There's no need for me to ever watch this. Uh, you know, I, w- I was thinking, though, about... You mentioned this was the worst movie we'd ever watched. And I was thinking about it. We've also watched Battlefield Earth. And you know what? Like, as bad as Battlefield Earth is, the reason this is worse is that Battlefield Earth at least had ambition. This movie has no ambition. And on top of that, like, everything else is terrible. And it's clear Marlon was not even trying I don't care if he comes to my door. He's like, no, really, I wanted to convince you I was trying. I'm not going to believe it. So with that said, Sex Tablets is the worst movie I think I've ever watched. Anything, everything. And I've watched a lot of movies. This is by far the worst. It is garbage. It is a blight in the cinema world. I would absolutely agree with it. Uh, There are some people, I want to read some of the people who uh, like this movie because... It's interesting. So this person says, 
This movie was hilarious. I actually laughed out loud several times, which is super rare even when it comes to movies dubbed comedy. Mr. Waynes did a tremendous job. His facial expressions and commitment to each character both impressed me and had me cramping with laughter. Mm. There were minimal cringe moments, but nothing that would take away from the hilarity as long as you're willing to relax and enjoy the ride. I gave it 8 out of 10. And what keeps me from harping on stereotypes in the movie were the exceptions in the movie. For the pimp, there was the dark-skinned judge. For the ratchet sister, there was the well-educated dark-skinned wife. For the thieving, sickly shorty, there was the successful rich MIT grad spy, etc. People gotta chill sometimes. Every character repped in this movie are reflections of people who actually exist in life. And Marlon did a great job <laughs> capturing them. Wow. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna. Though, I'm curious. They said Cat Williams was a pimp, which that's never mentioned in the movie. He's just a con man. So yeah, I think that's an interesting him. conclusion they jumped to. Uh, yeah, he was my favorite character in the movie. I mean, that's not saying much. But that that's that review. I don't even. I don't even know. Was that signed by somebody named Wayans? <laughs> no, I'll read one more that really liked it. Don't listen to the critics. This movie is classic Wayne's comedy. Marlon did an amazing job playing six characters. They're each unique and each hilarious. The way you're introduced to each one is a surprise. And with the addition of each character, the laughter increases. You will find yourself thinking that the movie is stale at first because the main character is the straight man in this comedic performance. Each of the siblings gets their moment to make you laugh. By the time you've met all six, you've completely loosened up and are just letting the laughs come naturally. I found myself really rooting for Alan and his newfound family, and by the end of the movie, I was grinning from ear to ear. Excellently written and perfect comedic timing by Marlon Wayans. He has not lost a thing, funny as he's ever been. Let's delve into that, though. What is classic Wayans comedy? <laughs> is that their parody movies? I mean, I'd have to imagine that's what it is. And honestly, I think this movie, if anything, shows that the Wayans brothers, they can do okay in parody. You know, it's marginally watchable, but if they're not parodying something, they're lost. Well, I'm not going to say Wayans brothers, it's just Marlon. If they don't have something to parody, they're lost. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I have to read one more because this is interesting. Don't listen to the haters. This movie is beyond hilarious. Marlon is a genius and has been since Scary Movie. <laughs> His show, movies, and live stand-ups are amazing. The people who didn't enjoy it clearly don't understand where Marlon came from or his humor. Everyone loved White Chicks, where we see him dressed up as a white woman the whole time, but can't enjoy him dressed up as one of his own kind. Ugh. He did an amazing oh, wow. job and deserves way more credit than it's given. We love you, Marlon. Keep it up. Oh. Wow. The, I, I can't I'm discuss that stop. one. Can't I'm talk just about stop it. Stop right there. <laughs> It was only a minute and 37. It really felt like three hours or an hour. And this hours. movie may or possibly could be the reason that I stopped being a co-host. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's just where we're at right now. I love that you think I'm going to pick better movies. <laughs> I know like, there's bad I mean, movies. Like I had fun watching Battlefield Earth because it's a movie that they tried and they failed. Yeah, and this movie, like, there's nothing, like, it's so bad, it's not even fun bad. Like, I can't even make, it's like, oh, I make fun of John Travolta's acting performance. Like, Marlon, it's clear Marlon Wayans wasn't trying. I can't really make fun of him because he didn't care, so why should I? 
Well, our next in two weeks, we're going to watch another really good movie called Honey 3, Dare to Dance. And it is equally as amazing. Yeah, I mean, from the title, I just know that I'm not going to like that movie. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, Ward, do you want to do any plugs? Do you want to tell people where to find us? Nope. Life is so bleak. I just, I can't, I'm just done. Over. Perfect. You can find us at boxofficerefund.com and on Twitter and Instagram at boxofficerefund. I don't do a ton of social media stuff these days, guys, um, but you can always find us on our website, which uh, Franklin Ward doesn't do a ton of stuff on anymore either. I don't want to say what? that we've slacked off a lot, but... <laughs> I do less no, than I used to, quickly. but every single episode is on the website, so... Well, yeah, absolutely. You can always find all of our episodes. I do the bare minimum. And on Twitter. Yes, on Twitter. They're always up there. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Please do not watch this movie. It was awful. But thanks for listening and check us out next two weeks. Two weeks. Box. Office. Refund. Box Office Refund Podcast.